a new young juvenile prisoner in the gulag is asked, So how long are you in for? Junior replies, 20 years. The mature veteran prisoner is surprised. 20? What on earth could you have done? The whippersnapper prisoner replies, I did nothing, comrade. Honest, the wise old veteran says, but the sentence for doing nothing is only 10 years. Hello, my triggers brooms. We find ourselves at the tricky second album stage, after the absolute masterpiece that was the first. In this sophomore happening, we have Barbie Girl Road Rage, a revolutionary piece of clothing that will blow your collective minds, large metal vessels, and Pravis Turkins. As the baby mobile plays, remember to do something childish this week, as it is of importance that we have a part of us that reverts to our child state. The house we are all building together is coming along nicely. Our safe space of creativity and love has solid foundations. But there is a small hold-up of the works, and it is on that issue of love that we find ourselves a problem. We are only two podcasts in, and I already have to make apologies. The painters aren't best pleased. I've upset them with the suggestion that one or two of them like to consume an alcoholic beverage. So this morning, I've nipped down to their wholesalers, Prickly Painters Paradise, wide-eyed and bushy-tailed, to get that tartan paint that they said I needed so they can crack on. Quite often when I see a painter, they are covered in paint. An occupational hazard, you may say. But as we are making up with each other, my dear painters and decorators, I would like to offer some advice, if I may. Because offering advice to professional trade people and painters always without fail goes well. The first thing I think of when I see a painter covered in paint like this is, does that mofo get any on the wall? Not good for the business image, mate, if you walk around like a painted canvas. I cannot recall which professional footballer it was that said, you can tell how well someone has defended by the cleanliness of their shorts, because they have stayed on their feet. The sign of quality modern defending. Messy painters of the world, I would say you've dropped a bollock. A Jackson Pollock bollock. We can open this up to more trades personnel, because the same goes for the use of silicon. Some see it best to wipe the white silicon off their fingers and onto their trousers, due to not having a rag or cloth to hand. I get it, you're busy, under pressure, but it leaves an accumulation of white mess on your groin areas. There's an old English saying, that's dating back as far as 2015 that goes. If you can piss, you can paint. But have you ever... Hold up. Have we climbed this ladder before? Oh, here he is. 
the Sparky, aka the Electrician, he is very smart because he buys his designer uniform of choice daily, taking it fresh out of the cellophane wrapper every morning, whilst he sips on his French press coffee and nibbles his croissant. He's heard apologies are in the offering and has said he was offended that I implied that they suck up the money from your wallet like a vampire. He would like to state, on record, he also takes bank transfer and will happily suck it from there. It's nice to be writing this with a little time on my hands. I also upset the builder, so I've had to go to Pravis Turkins for him so he doesn't have to leave the job thus wasting time and I'm writing this podcast on my phone notes whilst lent against the trade counter with my new friends who have been ever so helpful in serving me I have proudly completed one of the items on the builders list and asked the lads down here for a long wait Just like you should never offer to make the tea on a building site because everyone jumps up on your back with their order. Never offer to go down the suppliers to save them time because they all come at you with their crude cardboard lists written in Crayola. Loads and loads of lists they've given me. I have a list here from the carpenter. He needs a new glass hammer after he broke his last week. And he also needs a new bubble for his spirit level. I highly recommend Pravis Turkins, a very friendly bunch, who are all smiling at me, which I love because I like to see people enjoying their jobs. I will say though, the service is a little slow today. I've been stood here for 42 minutes. But to be fair to them, sometimes it can be an older stock item you're asking them for, which this long wait must be. Sometimes items get buried under the mountain of stock they have out back. There they go again, smile at me. You alright lads? Last episode, we had the battle of young versus old in a road rage standoff. I thought we could do a little follow up on that in the shape of our first ever Golas, Gang of Lars, therapy session. We immediately must call it something else other than therapy though. As stated, I was on the path to becoming a trained therapist, but due to ill health, I had to leave the course. Therefore, it would be irresponsible for me to call it such a thing. As there are a mountain of self-help books out there in the real world, written by semi-experts, for now we can call it that. A bit of gentle, goal-driven self-help. I am going to give you a situational example of our first ever Gola self-help. I am driving along, minding my own business, singing the 1997 classic Barbie Girl by the group Aqua. I'm a Barbie girl in a Barbie world. Life in plastic, it's fantastic. When a white Porsche pulls out in front of me, forcing me to apply my brakes abruptly. 
Now I'm feeling anything but fantastic. So I give a mildly aggressive toot of my feeble horn. Oh! Can't find the speed that you had to pull out in front of me now, though, can you, pal? It's Ronnie Red Flag time. Ronnie Red Flag rides the roads of your mind, Sulcus, and is there to implement the Red Flag Act of 2023. The Red Flag Act. The Red Flag Act easy for me to say, of 1865 required all road vehicles to travel at a maximum speed of 4 miles per hour in the countryside and 2 miles per hour in the city, not unlike the car in front of me now. This saw the introduction of the speeding fine, which was 10 English pounds. To enforce this law, a man walked in front of any self-propelled vehicle with a red flag in hand. Our red flag enforcer is called Ronnie and he's flagging something up that is very important to us. He acts as a warning to not get involved, in the same vein as our old versus young players in the last episode, who really wins. Ronnie red flagged acts as a silly comedic fun way to remind ourselves that this will only make you angry and frustrated and getting into a rage is completely pointless. Okay, okay, I get it. It comes from a standpoint of feeling we have been wronged in some way or hard done by or wanting validation of being in the right. We want a voice. And you do deserve a voice. But in using your voice and being heard in this situation, it only has a detrimental effect to oneself. The roads out there, Golas, do not need another road rager. If we are honest, there's more than enough already, right? I believe the way people drive rearview mirrors society. At the moment, in the UK and in many countries worldwide, there is a lot of frustration. And not without reason. We also must take into consideration that our car journeys are to and from stressful situations, such as work and school runs. Further consideration must be taken in the form of we do not know what the person who accidentally pulled out in front of you is going through themselves personally. Ronnie Red Flag is waving frantically at you so that you can take all of this into consideration before anything spirals. Even if the other person is giving you the verbals, take a moment, because that is now on them and not on you. Thank you, Ronnie Red Flag. I was about to fly off the handle after this car made a mistake in front of me of which all human beings are capable of. It unnerved me, made me jump, therefore my angry levels started their rise. But your energetic flag waving has reminded me of all this newly acquired information. I think I love you, Ronnie. Titillation Texaco! 
On Thursday, I wore my favourite purple sweater. My petrol indication light was trying to bring something to my attention. It had undone its beige cotton belt, opened its twill weave sides widely, and was flashing me. So unfortunately for me, I needed a sewer's thimble of fuel for the old Corsa, which would be ridiculous because the petrol would eventually seep through the tiny holes of the metallic dome. So I nipped into my local, friendly Texaco. In truth, I wasn't feeling all that great after a baby dispute running with my dear mum. So I picked up a Ginster's Chicken Tikka Slice and a packet of flaming Hot Monster Munch. These are the types of decisions I make when I'm upset. The way I console myself is... This is Texaco Garage, not Terrace Crackhouse. This is a poor excuse, because you shouldn't use the frequentation of a crackhouse to be your barometer for your basic life decisions. Now, my mind was elsewhere, as it more than often is. I put this mostly down to one part of the minor argument with my aged cheese, aka my mother, mixed with two parts confusion due to the PVC protection screen at the payment counter no longer being there. The woman sat behind was wide open for me. I couldn't believe how quickly I had become conditioned to the previous norm. And it got me thinking about human conditioning and the chemical alchemy of the brain being so brilliant and adequately capable of adaptation, but also how this malleability can also be a non-desirable addition to the spinning Rolodex of the cranium. There's clearly some podcast material in all this waffle, but as you will now discover, I did not go solely down this brain synapse channel. Something else was fired. The lovely attendant lady asked me, Where do you get that top from? Is it cotton traders? Earlier that morning, my wife had complimented me on my choice of sweater, to which I had said, Thanks, babes. I got dressed all by myself this morning, so that means a lot. So I'm, of course, thinking, Geez, I must look smoking today. Now, I don't own any cotton trainer garments. I'm sure they are quite satisfactory. But I wrongly, or rightly, associate them with those posh, macho rugby types, of which I cannot be counted in their number. After a brief but thorough explanation that I, in fact, didn't own any cotton traders' jumpers, she said, that would be a really good jumper for my husband, you know. I'm not sure if it was the lack of polyphenol chloride in the room, which is the third most produced synthetic polymorph plastic produced in the world, with around 40 million tonnes of PVC produced annually, but I found myself getting more and more confused, because I was wearing what I considered to be a standard sweater. But there was something about how sweetly she had uttered the words, really good for my husband that made me go all loosey-goosey and utter 
Would you like to check my label? To which she replied, Yes. Yes, I think I would. So I leant over the counter so that she could get a good look at me. The irony of this was not lost on my momentary confused state of mind. The PVC had been removed, therefore, maybe even as little as a few months ago, this stranger to stranger physical interaction could not have taken place. Maybe she was just overexcited herself, that she was no longer behind the screen all day. My lovely, lovely petrol lady announced, Move your fingers, love, you're covering the label. More to the left. To which I replied, My left, or your left. She continued to grapple with my collar. This particular jumper is very well fitted and a little constrictive around the neck area, which is excellent at holding in the warmth, but not so comfortable when you're being woman handled in Texaco. But in fairness, she had this had turned into a beautiful post-Covid tale of physical interaction that as humans we need and crave on a regular basis. Zara! It's Zara! she bellowed. Which, if I'm honest, dented my masculinity a smidge in that moment due to my held belief that Zara is predominantly a woman's brand of clothing and not so much man's attire, therefore ruining the beauty of whatever performative piece I was now engaged in. In psychotherapy terms, this raised a purple flag up from the muddy battle trenches of my mind. He's a very muscular, attractive, manly flag bearer and I'm going to call him Purple Paul. From his actions, Purple Paul told me that a bit of work was needed from the results of her pulling my label. She had peeled back a layer of my bulbous onion, found my emotional onion bag, and she had me somewhat exposed. At a local football match circa 2012, a huge posse of three much younger lads than I, who loosely could have been categorised as undesirables, chanted from my rear a, homopo a homophobic song at me. It was directed at my choice of t-shirt that day, which was purple, and up to that point I had thought nothing of. Not that a colour of garment should ever incite such comments, or more to the point, should my, should my or anyone's sexuality come into play. But this t-shirt even bordered on being navy blue. Maybe my new found friends were just informing me that we were all just one colour step away from being a whole new being. And the potential flow of life, which if we allow, can be truly endless. My real friends that were with me hadn't, at first, heard the singing of my new bee chums. That's bee chums for best chums. That was up until one said, Are they singing about you being gay? 
Now my oldest and dearest were in hysterics, which delighted my personal three-way choir behind me. I've experienced much more worse abuse directed at me. Haven't we all? But for some reason this one was sticking to me in a way I couldn't quite understand at the time. I'm not an overtly masculine man. Being much more one of those old school types, my dad is, and someone to which I continue to look up to. Not because he's old school, but because he's my dad. Football is a pastime I'm interested in that exclusively came from a bond formed with my father from a young age when the flumps of the mind are at their most malleable. My mother had no interest in it at all. Football, of course, is not solely a masculine pursuit. Far from it. And I, of course, will be in real danger of bringing down a fellow homo sapien in the 18-yard box if I begin attaching gender in such a way of which I am aware. But for me, I had attached a portion of my masculinity to the beautiful game. My husband gets cold arms. My new petrol attendant friend was coming across as having a very kind and nurturing nature, but I couldn't still help but think, this is a pretty standard jumper that I'm wearing. I did not know that on this day, of all days, I was to be a model from the journey of the petrol cap door slap through the delayed automatic doors, quick stop for snacks, and down the aisle catwalk to her. As we were building a relationship, I figured it acceptable to make a mild joke about how have you got to this point in your life and not heard of a sweater. My lovely lady was probably in her late 60s, possibly early 70s. Just as I was to deliver my comedy gold, forward slash comedy aluminium, from my lips, she said, my husband has recently had a major heart attack. I quickly slurped the words back into my mouth, put a white twisty tie around them, and packed them into my Tupperware voice box before they went noticed. We continued to chat. I had nowhere else to do I had nowhere else to be due to me only leaving the house to get away from my family aggravation and thus trying to avoid a war. She said that his heart is very weak at the present at this present time and the blood flow doesn't get to all parts of his body like it once did. She then said that before the heart attack he would wear only a t-shirt, his arms exposed to all weather conditions. I thought, wow, this guy sounds like a real man. I said, I have rubbish circulation on account of a chronic health condition that I somehow acquired over the years. Anyone who associates with me knows 
I only must look at a single ice cube in a glass of orange tango and I'm cold and then it takes me forever and a day to warm up. The next act of this all playing out in front of me, I could not have predicted for all the ginster slices in Plymouth, Cornwall. My lovely lady cupped a hand under each of her breasts and participated in the universal sign language for boob display. She moved both of her hands up and down rhythmically under each breast. You want to try having a pair of these? Once they got cold, they are really hard to warm up. Only a long hot bath does it for me. Now, I have zero idea how this conversation navigated itself to this point, or how we were now off-roading. I can only offer to you that this kind of thing seems to happen to me quite a lot. The only thing I can ever put it down to is the kind of face I own. But I thought, okay, okay, we are going down this A road, are we? I pass back with, it's not the only way to warm them up though, is it? To which she poorly distributed the ball out of play with, is at my age, love, I can't be doing that bed hopping these days. By this, I was led to believe she meant hopping up and down on a marital bed and not in and out of other people's beds. She'd only just been talking about her own husband in such high regard and asking about the revolutionary garment that is the jumper. After this lengthy conversation that had concluded in some rejected Mills and Boone titty talk copy and me trying to not think of her naked in the bath, a cue had formed of which I had not noticed. So it was time for me to make my leave through the stage exit petrol station doors. We of course said our goodbyes that allowed for one further heartfelt interaction between two strangers. She said, have a good day and make sure you take care my love. As I walked away and passed what looked like some semi-irate QEs, I thought I really needed to hear that today. I think in this mini moment in my timeline, I began looking for a mother figure and due to her age, her nurturing tendencies and heartfelt kindness, she provided that to me on this day. But where the hell do the titties come into play? And will I please stop saying titties just to make it fit with titillation Texaco? Sigmund Freud believed that desire had to do with a sense of connectiveness or fullness and that all desire, and when we talk about desire we're not only talking sexual desires here, traces back to the child's original desire for the mother, particularly that of the breast. The mother is the first object of whom, uh, the first object of love for whom a child identifies with and creates a bond or a desire that remains forever with the mother. The breast symbolizes nutrition, comfort and safety, 
and Freud would go as far as saying the mother's breast is essential in the emotional and sexual development of the child. In the first few years of a child's life, the child has no sense of self, therefore cannot differ between itself or that of its mother. It develops this from the gratification that the child experiences at the mother's breast. When I got home, there was a lump of gristle in my chicken tikka ginster slice the size of a large garden pea, which was like a message from the pastry gods to tell me that with my health condition, I should not be eating such a delicacy. Also, I had failed to warm it up properly. So it was somewhere between half warm and half cold. This happened because of the fear of taking the slice too far with the heat and turning it into a greasy, soggy mess. When interviewing potential apprentice chefs, the two-star Michelin chef Michel Roux Jr. asks his one of his chefs to boil an egg. He does this because it is supposedly a simple task that many chefs fail in achieving to get that boiled egg to perfection. I would suggest to him that for, the, for their next test, he gets them to successfully warm up a against his chicken tikka slice to perfection. The flaming hot monster munch were on point though, and have yet to let me down thus far. They did, however, start a lukewarm debate between my wife and myself on which flavour is better, out of roast beef or flaming hot. That was a real brain dump. If you want to become loved by everyone on your street, order a large skip and stick it on your drive. All your neighbours will automatically become 10% friendlier to you than the previous week with your new prime real estate. Skips bring people together. We've had people stopping at our skip and having a good old rummage. We also had someone take a lengthy phone call by the the skip whilst looking in it. I must admit, I've had to fight something in me that was a little bit territorial. That's my skip and drive, pal. What do you think you're doing? I challenge any of you not to walk by a skip on someone's drive or on their own and take a quick look to see the contents of the metal receptacle. As me being a part of the skip hiring party, I called into question how much stuff we really need in our life. Stuff after stuff after stuff after stuff. Most of our stuff was left, was stuff left from the previous occupants of our house that they kindly left for us after telling us they would take it all away. For the skip rummagers, it calls into question the disparity of a fellow human needing something from a skip. I welcome skip rummagers on many levels. 
for those goods to be recycled, to be repurposed, and, and to continue to live on in our throwaway, uneven society. In the worst piece of advertising in the history of podcasts, I'm going to tell you that the Patreon for this podcast is www.patreon forward slash Louis Golas. That's www.patreon forward slash L O U I E G O L A S. But in the same breath, I would not contribute to this podcast, Patreon, after two episodes. It was mentioned last week as a statement of intent to get me up and running. And this week, it sits here for the future listeners of the podcast for when I have gone global. And they start, they start tracking back at the, to the beginning of the Louis Vallander and the Gang of Lars full story. As you may have noticed already, I'm trying to form a body of work. For the In The Now listeners, you should only consider contributing to this body of work after it is formed. I would say that's around the episode 3 mark. Louis Penis Update News! There's been a plot twist. My boy is still not 100% right. He's performing more like West Bromwich Albion Football Club at the moment. A mixed bag of balls that can't decide if it's up or down. And it's not performing like he used to. Like elite 14 times champion league winners, Real Madrid. So with this crisis on both of my minds, on Monday... After 17 hours on the phone, in the line waiting to get through to the doctors, they arranged for a doctor to call me back later in the day. The female doctor, who was 40 minutes late, under much pressure, and was new to the practice, then said this was not her field of expertise, but thought maybe it was a different type of medication I was on, that could be responsible for all that numbing and potentially not surgery as first thought. I've said too much. Louie Louie, i got to go now. Louie Louie, I'm back again. Uh, sorry about that for the people that thought you'd got rid of me. I forgot to say, obviously with all the Patreon stuff and contributing money-wise and all that malarkey, not to do it. But the one way you can support the podcast is if you rate it, five stars obviously. If you have, want to rate it low, then I suggest not to. Just come on, give us a chance. Let me get me get my feet under the table a little bit. So you can rate it five stars and do all that subscribing to it stuff. Because... Uh, they won't even show me any reviews until there's a certain amount. You can't start working up until you get a certain amount of listens and all that stuff. So I got to play the game. So if you could rate it, subscribe to it, download it, share it, then that would be great. Louie, Louie, I got to go now. Oh, also, 
get all over the social medias. Louis Golas. Uh, I'm not very good at this, am I? Bye! <laughs>